Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. This is going to be the way that we do our podcast from here on. We're going to live broadcast them and we're going to still cover research. We're still going to do uh, the same thing we've been doing, but we're going to be able to interact with people live if somebody is going to jump on and they have questions. Uh, but also, I think it'll be a little bit easier just to listen to. So from now on, for Healing and Speed of Light, we're going to be every other week. Um, and, and we'll be broadcasting live on Facebook next week. We'll also be on YouTube. We'll add some more as we can. But today, we're going to be talking about opioids and laser therapy. Yes. So my name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm the host today and we've got Christy here. Christy is a certified laser tech. She's also our education developer here at LTI and also everything else pretty much. So Christy does a lot of really great stuff and she's got pretty advanced knowledge of light and laser therapies. However, she still has that kind of uh, more patient non-healthcare provider perspective and so she's here today to make sure that I stay on the rails and stay comprehensible and uh, have a little bit of back and forth discussion to ask some of the questions that you'd probably be asking if you were sitting here with me. So today we're going to be talking about a study that came out just here in August and it's titled An Effective and Safe Novel Treatment of Opioid Use Disorder, Unilateral Transcranial Photobiomodulation. So that is, I think, all of the giant words that we could find to put in this title, but let's talk about what the title means first. Um, so this came out in Frontiers in Psychiatry just a couple months ago, August of this year, and again, a, an effective and safe novel treatment of opioid use disorder. Let's start with that. So what's opioid use disorder? Do you know? What would you call that? Uh, isn't that, that would be just abuse. Yeah, opioid abuse. Mm -hmm. Yep. Addiction. Addiction. Yep. So... Um, it's, it's a, it's an actual disorder though. We're not just talking about, uh, somebody who likes to take opioids. We're talking about somebody who is actually addicted. Uh, opioid use disorder causes profound suffering, death, and destruction to individuals, families, and societies on a global scale. We know just in 2020 alone, we had over 90,000. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. That, that, uh, died due to opioid use, um, and abuse and overdose. So... This is a big deal. And we've got other numbers on that, too, that are pretty striking. So, um, according to drugabusestatistics.org, they say that 80% um, of people who are using heroin start with opioid painkillers. That's, that's a lot. Why do you think people go from opioid painkillers to heroin? Is it easier to get? Yeah, it mm -hmm. is. It's it's cheaper, um, streetwise, mm -hmm. to be able to, to pick up heroin rather than actual opioid prescription painkillers. But most people who are currently taking or currently abusing or taking or addicted to heroin are you know they started with an opioid. So this is this is a big problem if we're prescribing painkillers, which we do a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's actually some really neat films that have come out recently. There's one, there's a drama right now on, um, I believe, Hulu 
about how some of the opioid crisis got started with the pharmaceutical companies actually lying about how addictive mm -hmm. opioids are. So mm -hmm. we've been going down this road for a long time. It's still horrible. It's worse now than it ever has been. And 2021 is not likely to be a lot better than 2020. Hopefully it is, but it's... I remember your statistic, the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. and how many deaths over the course of that time period versus just in a year. Yeah, so yeah. just 2017 was right about 70,000 deaths from opioids in a single year. And within 20 years of the Vietnam War, we had just over 56,000 killed. It's incredible. That is, yeah. And of course, that's not counting the injured that survived from, from both of those uh, events. But, you know, we have people whose lives are destroyed, even if they don't die right. um, from opioids and, and, and abuse. And of course, there's huge effects on the families there too. It's so, a big problem. It's a big problem. So if we're talking about a treatment for opioid use disorder or a treatment for these opioid addictions, obviously uh, a treatment is a good thing. And, and what this paper says is that medication management makes sense pharmacologically, but it does not address the underlying psychological and neurobiological factors that place individuals at risk. So that means by you know replacing opioids with a different drug to try and get people off of, of, of opioids, you know that, that does make sense, but it doesn't really help with the overall picture of that addictive type of personality. And, and for a lot of these people, they'll go from one addiction straight on into another. It just masks it. It doesn't cure it, doesn't help it. It just fixes it temporarily. Right, right, yeah, exactly. So this paper's talking about treating it, but using light. So it's unilateral, transcranial photobiomodulation. So unilateral means just one side of the head, mm -hmm. um, and transcranial means through the skull, through the skin. So not having to you know implant something in someone's head or, or do this surgically. So you can just put the light over the, over the skull directly. And the light gets through the skull. It does, yes. So the estimate on that is at about 3.7. Let me see where their numbers are. This study did really well listing out their, their the way that they set up the light therapy, mm -hmm. um, but also why they did what they did. Yeah, about 3.7% of the light will make it all the way down to the top layer of the brain. So, which is pretty impressive. But if you think about taking a flashlight and shining it through your hand, mm -hmm. you know you can you can totally see right. through you know the light through your hands. So it's the same same thing here. We're just using a special type of infrared light that's mm -hmm. totally safe. Doesn't do any burning. Doesn't do any cutting. It's not gonna hurt me. Not gonna hurt you. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, sometimes you'll feel a little bit of warmth from either the light or from the you know in this case they used a, a big LED. Mm -hmm. And that needs a heat sink and a fan because it produces some heat just when it runs. So some of you will feel some warmth with this, but the, the light getting down through those tissues is what really does the work. So the light can go all the way through, can hit the brain, it can stimulate the brain. So we're not, again, we're not burning or cutting. We are stimulating the right pathways in the brain. But this is really interesting because we're just talking about doing this on one side of the head. Just one specific spot, kind of in this front quarter here, okay. is what they did here. So, um, let's see, I wanted to mention, yes. Sorry, let me find my stuff. Okay, 
So the reason that we're talking about doing this on just one side is this, this kind of complicated idea of what's called dual brain psychology. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and there's a lot more about this particular topic if you jump over to the LTI podcast. It's a lot more complex. And we, we actually just did an interview with the lead researcher on this paper, Dr. Fred Schiffer, mm -hmm. and that'll be available here in just a, a week or two. Um, Fascinating information. Yes. Yep. So really pairing two unique concepts, not only applying the light to, to the head, but also figuring out which side of the brain is more affected by addiction. Interesting. Do you want to maybe grab that door behind you? Sure. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I left it open. So this is pretty neat because his, his theory, his theory of dual brain psychology uh, states that one side of the brain is more affected by either childhood traumas or it is just not as mature in the way it behaves and reacts. Hmm. And he based all this off of studies with split brain patients where people were having seizures, they had the brain actually split, so half and half, and realized that there's basically two different personalities within the one brain. Really? And so when you split the brain, you can see those, but most of us don't walk around split brain, you know, and so you have these two different personalities that are, are both um, kind of pushing against each other. And in people with addiction and opioid use disorder, one side or the other is really dominant and takes over that addictive behavior. So what you have to do is figure out which side of the brain for that particular patient is dominant in that addictive behavior. But the same thing goes not only for opioid addiction, but also for uh, PTSD symptoms, mm -hmm. also for anxiety and depression. It's the wow. same type of process. So one side of the brain is going to be more dominant. So you figure out whichever side the more mature side is, and then you use the light to stimulate that frontal lobe of that more mature side. How do you figure out that mature side? Right, you think this would be super, super complicated, you know, like brain studies. Yeah. And, yeah, so you, you can, and, and Dr. Schiffer and his team have done all the work on the brain studies to be able to show this, but it's actually super simple. Really? So the, the eyes are only tied, most of the eye is only tied to one side of the brain. So most of your kind of outer left visual field here is tied really just to the right brain, whereas on the other side, the right outer visual field is really tied just to the left brain. Interesting. So what they did is they used some goggles. These are these are really interesting, just taped up goggles. I don't know if I have a picture of them. I think I do over on, on my other study here. Because this was actually the second study that uh, Doug Schiffer published in just one year. Okay. And so if you're looking here, this will show you the goggles taped off, mm -hmm. as well as kind of the tract, the visual tract from the eyes to the opposite side of the brain. Interesting. And so... So it's not left-handed, right-handed dominant. Right. Okay. And it's not dominant based on what we know from like left brain, right brain, you know, where the left mm -hmm. brain is uh, more logical and analytical. And where the right brain is more artistic, it's not necessarily always the right side. It's not necessarily always the left side. But it has to do with your vision. Your well, only because the vision is tied only to one side of the brain, really. Interesting. So if you take and you just block off part of the vision, mm -hmm. then you're really only getting visual input mm -hmm. into 
that opposite piece side of the brain. And so this is really neat. So what they did is they took and they, they blocked off part of somebody's vision, right? They yeah. did about like this. Yeah. Okay. Not just not just closing one eye. That doesn't work. But they do that and then they show them this photo or a photo kind of like this one uh -huh. with it's a it's a symmetrically angry man face. <laughs> it's really kind of kind of weird. Kind of weird. So so you block off vision like that and then yeah. you show the person this photo and you start asking them things like how do you feel about me? How do you feel about yourself? How do you feel, you know, do you feel like using drugs right now? Wow. Um, and, and if you've got someone with this type of, uh, you know, kind of dominant brain hemisphere, then they're going to answer really positively on one side and really negatively on the other side. Okay. So if we block off your left eye mm -hmm. and then we show you this picture and everything just seems really pretty awful and you really don't feel good and then we switch to the other side do the same thing mm -hmm. and you everything's pretty positive everything sounds good you know you feel good about yourself kind of thing then we know because you're right you let's see do i have it backwards your left eye was the the more upbeat kind of more more uh stable side we know then that the right side of your brain is the side that we want to stimulate okay because that's me that's one that's less on the addictive side it's not uh as negative in terms of promoting this addictive behaviors or anxiety, depression. So you treat the opposite, the one that's not dependent or addicted. You you stimulate that side of the brain versus the addictive side of the brain. Right. Interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Yes. So you would think it would be opposite. You think it'd be opposite, right? You want to you want to treat the side that you know. But this is this is less on the treatment and more on the stimulation side. So we know that if you have uh, joint pain and inflammation, mm -hmm. if we use the laser to treat that area, right. the, the irritation goes down. You know, we're right. we're we're correcting a problem there. This is not so much correcting a problem in the brain as it is stimulating better balance from hemisphere to hemisphere. And so you're stimulating that those better habits. Mm -hmm. if, if you want to know a lot more about this, Dr. Schiffer has a book. It's called Of Two Minds. And it's uh, probably, it's, it's a brand new edition just coming out this year. It's probably a really good read. I need to get a hold of it and read it yeah, myself. It but it, it's very interesting stuff. So there's two big concepts working here. You know, one, you can get light through the skull and actually stimulate the brain, but also only one hemisphere of the brain is really responsible for these addictive behaviors. Fascinating. So let's let's talk about the results okay. because the results yeah. in here are, are really really interesting. So this study uh, was done in two different sites. When you have a study that's done in two different locations, it's more robust that you right. you can you know really rely on the information more. So it means it wasn't just one guy hanging out shining lights on people's heads, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, they did this at McLean Hospital. And they did this also at uh, MindLight, which is in Massachusetts. Now, I've heard your podcasts before, and you talk mm -hmm. about sham studies. Mm -hmm. Did they have a sham um, piece of this study? Or That's a great question. Yes, they, they did. Uh, and so, because you, you need to control for the placebo effect. So if, right. I, if I tell you all this, and then I, I take a... Uh, you know, I take a flashlight and I just hold it to your head and I say, you feel better now. Maybe you do, Maybe. right? Um, 
but we want to know for real, right. you know, is this having an effect? So yes, they did use a sham treatment group, um, which means that they were able to, without the patient knowing, mm -hmm. apply the light for some of the patients, and then they actually covered the light source with tinfoil. And so it looked the same to the patients. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, it felt the same and everything, but none of the light actually made it to the skin. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. All right. So this graph, I'm going to put this up on the camera here. This graph shows and compares the two different sites that this study was run at. And the darker line there is the uh, opioid opioid use, uh, opioid craving scores rather, sorry, um, for the light therapy group versus the sham group. Okay. So um, for both for both of these, they saw really significant about 50% decreases wow. in opioid cravings for the group that actually got the light therapy done. Um, whereas the folks that had the sham treatment did have a little bit of decrease. So that, mm -hmm. that placebo effect is definitely a thing here, right. but not nearly as effective as actually having the laser delivered, the light therapy delivered to the head. Now this takes time, it's not immediate, or is it immediate? It's pretty fast, it only takes about four minutes of treatment. And then? And so then you have to decide how often we're gonna do that. Okay. So uh, in this particular study, I keep getting a little bit mixed up between um, his study from 2020 and this one. Both are, are fairly they, similar. Are they both effective, obviously? Both very effective. Yeah, yeah the same kind of light therapy setup. Um, just checking comments. Yep, yeah. Shipper's Book of Two Minds. That's right. That's right. S-C-H-I-F-F-E-R, that's right. Um, and in this case, let's see, they brought them in, they brought, brought the patients in, it was twice a week for, I believe it was four weeks. Thought I had it right here. That's a lot of information. There's a lot. <laughs> let's see. So their final follow-up was in the seventh week, okay. um, at which point things were still um, in really good shape. And somehow I have lost. The information on that, because this one was was a little bit different. Uh, yes, twice weekly. Yeah, twice a week. So and that only takes a few minutes. So you got, you've got the test to determine which side of the brain is involved, which only takes a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the treatment itself, which only takes four minutes, right? Right. So really pretty rapidly and pretty easily this can be done. Dr. Schiffer and his team have patented this approach and they are working to get it kind of as an FDA approved method of treating opioid addiction, which will be super, super cool. Now, there's a potential here where even down the road, people could take home one of these LED 
LED devices with instructions on how to use it and be able to even maintain themselves, which makes it that much easier to participate in this treatment and that much easier to really beat an addiction like this, which mm -hmm. is incredibly hard. Yes, so. addiction is hard <laughs> to, yeah. to snuff out. You mentioned earlier, I don't want to derail you on this, but you mentioned um, even things like depression and other issues that are largely in the brain. Yes. You know, how would this translate to that? Have so, you done any further studies on, for instance, depression? Yeah, so Dr. Schiffer has done a lot of other work too. I don't have those other studies uh, in front of me right now, but that's where his book would be a good one. There's a lot of different mm -hmm. examples in the book, actually, of people that are dealing with depression and anxiety mm -hmm. um, that he took kind of this similar approach with, you know, on the dual brain psychology piece. Um, but according to, to him, really, this has a very similar effect if you do the light therapy on the more mature side of the brain, mm -hmm. you get better results with people's depression, their, their um, self-impression, how they feel about themselves, mm -hmm. um, and, and in terms of how well they function, their right. functional scores go up as well. Wow. I just think through all this and the non-invasiveness, non I mean, it doesn't create a, a new addiction through this treatment process. Right. Um, That's a big deal. It is. Yeah. Because you don't want to treat one addiction with another one that could become an addiction. Right. So. Yeah. Um, when do you think this is going to be available? <laughs> That's a great question. That's a great question. So it's it's very experimental right now. Um, uh, we're you know I'm sure Dr. Schiffer is hoping that in the next you know year or two or three this is something that can be done. It really depends on how fast the process can move. He's already working on his next study for publication to try and push this process along faster. Um, and, and I should mention that Dr. Schiffer is a board certified psychiatrist. Um, he's been doing this stuff for a long time. He really knows his stuff. Um, and he's actually even a, a teaches at Harvard Medical School as well. So I mean, this is, this is neat. This is a big mm -hmm. deal. We've got some really brilliant people out there working on some really exciting things. And hopefully just within the next couple of years, we're really yeah. seeing this work for people. Uh, the way photobiomodulation has exploded, light therapy, it's it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. Okay, that's about all I had from this study. I think it's really exciting stuff. We'll keep bringing people updates on the research as we get it. And if you joined us this morning, thank you very much, and we'll see you in about two weeks. Okay. All right. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.